everyone and welcome to another episode of Nutrition Uncovered. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nutrition Uncovered. Today we are going to talk about diets through the years, all of the trendy diets um, that we've heard a lot about, even in practice with patients coming to us and saying that, oh, this diet didn't work and we're going to explain why or why not. Um, so we're going to start with the Atkins diet. Oh, I'm Zoe, by the way. <laughs> and I'm joined with Sarah, Lori, and Wendy. Um, so Wendy's going to start about, start us off with the Atkins diet, which is a low carb, high fat, and high protein uh, Wendy, let's let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, so Atkins was pretty popular when I was um, a little bit younger, like in my 20s and early 30s. And I do remember, um, you know, all these people, like parents of, you know, my friends and um, just different people talking about like how much weight loss they were losing and they could still eat all their favorite foods. So all their favorite foods for a lot of these people were like bacon, sausage, eggs, you know, cheese, all these like super high fat things that, you know, as when you're going through school as a dietitian, it's like, oh my gosh, like do not eat those things. So it was kind of like shocking. Um, and really they're staying away from carbs and, you know, even the good carbs, right? The whole grains, the fruits, the starchy vegetables, the beans, legumes, things like that, that we, we tended to, you know, kind of praise for our heart health and things like that. So, um, <clears throat> You know, it was when you looked at the research, you know, some things were improving for these individuals that were following this. So, yes, the weight loss and then um, cholesterol values, like good values would improve, even blood glucose levels. Um, and so it was really like, OK, how is this happening? But I think what it you know, looking at it now after all these years and it's 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 somewhat been replaced by the ketogenic diet. And now we have a lot more science behind it. Um, and I have to say Atkins, you know, the one who developed, developed it did die of cardiovascular disease. But um, so <laughs> in the end, I really think it was the drastic weight loss that was changing these, you know, these biometric markers, laboratory value, values. And it wasn't sustainable. If all those people who had been doing Atkins, you know, had been able to maintain that, then they would still be these like leaner, healthier people to this day. And that didn't really happen because ultimately like the carbs would come back into the diet along with the high fat, high protein, et cetera. And then everything kind of reversed and then some. So um, again, you know, we're looking for something that's sustainable versus these, these pretty um, severe diets that don't necessarily fit into you know, the daily lifestyle, especially in the Western diet, but then also the need for carbohydrates, you know, um, healthy carbohydrates in our diet. So that's my take on Atkins. Sweet. Yeah. So I actually see a lot of the Atkins products like in Target, like the bars and stuff. So it, I was wondering about that, but going on to the next one, which kind of ties into Atkins, it's the carnivore diet. And Sarah's also going to talk about keto um with that so sarah let's let's go into the carnivore slash keto diet yeah so 
I wanted to talk about this one right after Atkins because they're pretty similar, right? In the same um, eliminating a food group where, you know, we don't want to do that. We have a lot of benefits from nice, healthy whole grains, but also we want to think about sustainability and are these things good long-term? So carnivore and keto are kind of the same because they're not having carbohydrates, but they're also, you know, um, overdoing the red, the animal proteins. So a takeaway, you know, there is some benefits. I think keto and carnivore can be healthy long, um, short-term where we do notice there's quite a bit of weight loss that happens early on, but then we do get some gains shortly after just when you start bringing carbohydrates back in. So really it's important working with someone like a dietitian or someone who really knows how to navigate bringing carbohydrates back in, in a slow way. So you're not bringing them too fast and getting that weight gain back, but also again, not long-term short-term. So keto, I have family friends that have done keto have had a lot of success and have been able to keep it off, but it's not something that they're continuing to do. So with a keto diet, it is very restricting on carbohydrates, which I don't like. And when we're thinking about carbs, we're thinking about fruit and vegetables as well. So you're eliminating all of those healthy, you know, vitamins, minerals that are in fruits and vegetables that are so beneficial to us. Uh, and we want to include them in our diet. So with a keto diet, it's less than 5% carbs. So really you're getting about 10 grams of carbohydrates, which is less than one serving of fruit, less than one serving of any grain. It's just very minimal. So we always want to talk about a lifestyle and how things are going to fit into your life long-term, how you're going to reach your goals with just making some small habit changes, healthy habit changes, not eliminating any food groups. So again, they have their pros and cons, but ultimately a balanced diet is where you want to be. Uh, the other thing with carnivore keto is animal-based proteins are very acidic. So if you have ever heard of balancing your pH in your body, you don't want to have too much acidity. Acidity can lead to disease or we're starting to, you know, do more research on that and having that acidic pH in your body where a plant-based diet actually will make it more basic and bring down that pH. So that's something to consider as well. So again, just balance. Sweet. Yeah. And, um, kind of going back to Wendy saying the founder of Atkins died of heart disease, right? Um, you know, some of these can lead to, if you're just eating meat or animal products, that could start clogging your arteries. So keeping that in mind too. Um, but moving right along to paleo. So paleo what is um, based off of the paleolithic era, which was about 2.5 million years ago. Whoa. 10,000 years ago. I'm sorry, not 2.5 million. Um, <laughs> that's a long time. Uh, so it's based off of the uh, hunting and gathering. So Wendy's going to talk a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so the paleo diet, um, also called the caveman diet. So when you think about like our ancestors from a long, long time ago, what as hunters and gatherers living off the land, um, and what they would be able to consume, right? So I actually like the paleo diet, um, you know, and I do think that, again, it's, you know, it's something that there's, there are actually health benefits to it. I think for some individuals, they really get 
some pretty instant improvements in their symptoms and how they feel, especially if they have, you know, GI issues or inflammation, um, systemic inflammation. Um, but the list of foods that you can eat under the paleo diet are again, what you, you know, any of those shows like survivor or alone or, you know, you know, what they're, what they're eating, um, off the land. So any grass fed meats, um, that would be included. So anything that you can kill on the land and consume that would be on the diet, fish and seafood, anything you can catch from lakes, rivers, oceans, et cetera. Um, fresh fruit and veggies, anything you can pick off of bushes, trees, um, you know, root vegetables, anything like that and eggs. Um, so chickens are running around or ducks or, you know, anything you can eat, consume their eggs and nuts and seeds again, foraging and collecting those. That's what our ancestors did and healthy oils. So the oils of plant based foods. So olives, um, olive oils, walnuts, walnut oil, et cetera, the different nut seeds. I don't know how they would have cold pressed nuts back then, but I'm sure they figured out a way probably just drops of it versus like the massive amounts that we consume and then cook with. So I, I have a feeling they weren't, um, cooking with oils as you know, back then. So I do like this diet. It does eliminate a lot of the grains that we consume. Like, so you know, I didn't mention things like rice. I didn't mention bread. I didn't mention even oatmeal, things like that. So it does eliminate some of these like processed grains that, you know, maybe there were the grasses out there, but they weren't like milling them and <clears throat> turning them into grain products. Uh, maybe there were the rice fields out there, but they weren't again, like processing it so it could be consumed. So I do like this. I think like for people who have like kind of either an addiction or overdue, the carbohydrates when it comes to like breads, pastas, baked goods, things like that, um, that when you kind of get black and white into that mentality, then um, it does like eliminate a lot of those foods. And then people start to feel better. A lot of people have a hard time breaking down gluten, for example, um, or it helps to eliminate a lot of the sugars in the diet. So there's an improvement there. So I think like following this diet is healthy. It's balanced. I'm okay with it. You're still getting your carbs in there coming from um, the, the fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, it's just eliminating the grain. So like, I'm okay with this, this diet, um, again, whether it's sustainable or not, considering the environment that we live in is really, you know, what it boils down to. But, but I, I do like the paleo diet when it comes to looking at all of these diets, this one is up there with, you know, dietitian approval. Hey, okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's more of like, going back to our ancestors in a way. Um, so now we're moving into Whole30 and maybe Sarah, we can combine Whole30 and plant-based um, in one since you're talking about both of them. Um, so let's start with Whole30 though. Can you explain that to us a little bit? Yeah, I actually, I like Whole30 as well. So Whole30 is just a very, it's about cleaning up your diet getting into good, healthy habits in a way with meal timing and, um, you know, not just physical habits, but good mental habits. And what I mean by that is they recommend that you don't do any weighing or measuring in. So it's really just a lot of, you, you know, getting back into intuitive eating and feeling. 
So I do love that. Um, the Whole30, it eliminates things as well. But again, it's like the no added sugar, alcohol, grains, no legumes, dairy, uh, carrageenan or sulfites, no baked goods. So these kinds of things are that we try to eliminate already in a way. So, you know, no added sugar. We don't need to add sugar into our diet. We can get sugar from healthy fruit. And um, that's another thing they touch upon is just not overdoing fruit. So what they recommend is two servings, which is what we recommend as well. Fruit, uh, fruit sugar can add up. So that's where we want to be cautious, not overdoing fruit can be beneficial in a lot of ways and balancing blood sugar with, you know, a healthy protein with it. And, but we don't want to overdo fruit sugar. So that's why I love Whole30. It's very clean. Um, and then as well, so you have, right, you're eliminating more anti-inflammatory foods as well. So alcohol can be inflammatory, grains and gluten, uh, legumes with lectin can be inflammatory and dairy as well. So we're bringing down inflammation. We're bringing, we're eliminating those foods that can cause gas and bloating. So I, you know, I haven't done Whole30 before, but I imagine, you know, feeling, you're going to have a feeling of very, feeling very slim. You're not going to feel bloated. You're going to feel like you brought a lot of inflammation down. Um, I do have friends who've done it. And I would say the, the tough part is, of course, you know, sticking with it, that that was a struggle just because you are eliminating and a lot of those foods that are on the go. And they base a lot of it off of just meal prepping things and making things homemade. Um, as well as organic and grass fed. So it is very, very clean. I, you know, I guess I would say I try to have a diet such like a whole 30 diet where you're not having any processed box or bag goods. You're trying to stay away from those added sugars, uh, limiting gluten and dairy or just grains in general, because, you know, in America, they're hybridized grains and they're not the same as they're not as whole and organic that they, the way that they should be um, as, as well as meats. So I like whole 30. It's something that I think everybody should strive towards doing in their diet, just making more whole foods, part of their diet and eliminating those anti-inflammatory ones. So that's where whole 30 stands for me. Uh, and then with a plant-based diet, it, you know, with whole 30, you're still having meat proteins, just kind of going for the organic grass fed with a plant-based diet, I actually, I've never done plant-based fully, but there's a lot of pros and cons to it as well. So for one, you know, protein is always the big question mark. And for plant-based proteins, they're just not as bioavailable as an animal-based one. So you aren't absorbing as much as you would if you're having an animal-based protein meal. So that's the big catch. But with, you know, we still get small amounts of protein in our fruits and vegetables and whole grains. So if you're having a diet that is mostly plant-based, you're having a lot of uh, servings a day and you can meet your protein needs. So that's not too big of a concern. Um, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix actually that I watched and it's called The Game Changer. And that did bring a little bit of light to um, what, is happening in the body on a biological level and physiologically with your blood. So they did a test where they had some NFL athletes, they had a plant-based meal, they took their blood. And then the next day they waited, had an animal-based protein meal and took their blood. And when the plasma and red blood cells separated, 
the animal-based protein was actually, the plasma was cloudy. So what that means is just, it's gonna take a little bit more time to travel through the body. And with the plant-based, it's gonna be clear, it's gonna move a bit quicker and that can improve performance. Seeing that your red blood cells are gonna bring oxygen to all of your muscles. And for athletes, that's really important for that to happen as quickly as possible. You know, By milliseconds, that can mean them winning the Olympics. Um, and there are also a lot of Olympians and the man who can lift the heaviest, they actually do plant-based. So I think we're seeing that kind of like paleo, like we just need to be eating more of what comes from the earth, kind of like whole food, more of what comes from the earth. There's no right or wrong, but if you think kind of back, you know, ancestral times, we weren't having meat protein all the time as often, you know, it's hard to catch an animal, catch and kill an animal and prepare it. And um, I think it's definitely different from where your ancestors were too on what your diet is like. So just, you know, genes play a big role in that as well. But again, it's kind of cleaning up your diet, eating more plant-based, I think is a great idea. A lot of us are not having as many, as much that of that, the protein, um, sorry, the, as much fruits and vegetables, whole grains, things like that, that we should, we're kind of just very carbohydrate based diet. So I think if we just kind of clean up the diet in that way, we're going to have some positive results. Yeah. Sweet. So, uh, now that we've gone through a few of the ones that we love paleo whole 30 and plant-based, um, we're going to take a little turn, talk about weight watchers, um, which we see a ton of in our practice and, Wendy is going to take us away with the Weight Watchers, how it works, and what her thoughts are. Yes. So, okay. So, Weight Watchers has been around forever. Um, and now the new name is WW. So, I, I think it's easier just to say Weight Watchers versus WW. But, um, anyways, that's they've changed their name. They've changed some of, you know, the things that they're suggesting. They've changed some of the plans. Now they have like, the purple plan, the green plan, I think it's the blue plan. So, and that, that, so they've switched up things. It still is based off of the point system, but with the different plans now based on, you know, gender activity level, how much weight you need to lose, uh, you can be put into one of these categories, which gives you more freedom with some of their free, free foods. So, um, what works with Weight Watchers and why it's sustained itself over all of these years is really the point system where, you know, you have a certain amount of points, you use it by the end of the day. Um, you can roll over some points. For example, if you're saving up for going out to eat on Saturday, you can, there is a bit of rollover with that to a certain extent. Um, you also, as you exercise, you get additional points. So you exercise more, you get to eat more, right? So it all kind of makes sense on a, you know, biochemical metabolic level on some point. So, and it has worked, um, over the years. They also have like right now they I have to say they have a great app. Um, and I have worked with patients who are on Weight Watchers who want to also work with a registered dietitian, and I'm happy to like incorporate those two together. I think it's a nice, it, it does blend together because you get some of the benefits of, you know, learning what you should, a little, some of the things you need to tweak as us re registered dietitians can 
um, talk to our patients about. Um, but you get you get the benefits of Weight Watchers, which is you know that point system, which I think the brain really likes, especially if you're used to that. You also get that like the app is really nice with community chats. Like there's a million people on there who are doing Weight Watchers and a lot of sharing. So it's a good like very well de developed community there. Um, the app's also very user friendly. You know, so there's a lot of things that I really I love about WW. Um, some of the things that I don't like about it are, you know, with some of their new changes with this program, um, you know, they've, they've said really as you can have as much fruit as you want. Well, we know the science of this, that fruit is great. It, it's very healthy, right? You have the fiber, vitamins and minerals, you get a source of energy, quick energy coming from the, the fructose. Um, and ultimately the glucose that you get from that. So it is good, right? Um, but unlimited amounts, we do know that too much fruit, too much fructose, too much of that fructose converting to glucose will raise blood glucose levels. It will raise insulin levels, which ultimately can lead to potentially diabetes, insulin resistance, even obesity, right? So there's some contraindications with that based on the science. Um, the other things I don't like are the, the participant is basically penalized for having healthy fat. So every Weight Watchers, you know, WW like um, alumni that I have or current participant coming through the office, you know, they're like afraid of fat, you know, like, oh, but almonds, like, you know, or almond butter, like no sugar added organic, like, oh, I can't have that. Or olive oil, like, Ooh, that's bad. Or olives or avocado. Oh, that's too many points. So it in the, like, there's a bit of like brainwashing that's gone on with WW about like fats being bad because there's so many points. And so I think like what I've seen in practice is weight watch, especially for women, weight watchers works to a certain point. And then once perimenopause, menopause happens. That's where I see those Weight Watchers alumni come in and they're like, it's not, it's always worked. Like what happened? And that's because metabolism has shifted. You've been a chronic dieter over the years. So metabolism has shifted for that reason, but also now your hormones have changed, changed your needs for carbohydrates are different than they used to be. You can't just stockpile your points and, you know, save them all day and then go out to a dinner and have them and then have a snack, you know, right before you go to bed, the body changes. And, you know, and even for everyone, like that's, we don't want to just like pack our points in at the end of the day and starve ourselves during the day that ultimately doesn't work metabolically either. So that's where I come in and, you know, these women, especially who've been, um, you know, weight watchers, you know, members for life all these years, you have to actually like break that thought pattern and say like the healthy fats are good for you. Fat doesn't equate to fat. It's the carbohydrates, especially the refined carbohydrates that will, um, they also like really say like, you can have as much protein as you want, like animal protein, like, Oh, just keep eating the chicken breast, you know? So like even that on some level, like can be, can come around and, and not be healthy either. So yes, protein's a little bit like fills you up a little bit more, but you know, it it's, you can't just like freely eat as much protein as you want. It still can, especially for some individuals, put a little bit more stress 
on the kidneys because that that's something that we have to break down and then eliminate if if it's an excess. So um, some of these things I just don't they're not research based they're not science based you know it's something that's worked over the years but at some point you know it's not working and I think we know why. So I like it for many reasons but you know I think they need like a new WW. I don't know what the next step is but they can clean it up a bit. <laughs> I love that. Um, so that's the, you know, if you wanted to hear about Weight Watchers, there you have it. Um, now I'm going to have a lot of people coming at me for this next, next one, but I don't care. I worked for this company at one point and I, you know, it was a great learning experience and now I can talk on it, um, intelligently and tell you, um, why I don't like it. So Herbalife. Um, which is also could be, was it Arbonne or something? The pyramid schemes, um, you have like two shakes a day and then you have like a weight loss tea. Um, but the issue is with these places are one, like the protein powder has a ton of soy in it, um, which, you know, isn't good for you when you're doing it you know, every day for two shakes a day. Um, and two, the shakes that they make are so sugary. They add like Oreos, sprinkles, um, whipped cream, graham crackers. They add all this extra stuff that you don't need on top of them and then give it to you and say, Hey, this is going to help you lose weight solely. They don't really educate people. Well, from what I've seen at the shake bars that people make, you know, or that people set up, they don't fully educate people on the importance of balanced eating. They just say, Hey, drink this shake. Hey, have this weight loss tea. And then you're, you know, you're good to go have these bars that probably have a ton of sugar in them or, you know, soy and just made of crap. And, you know, once you have those, you're good. And I, when I worked there, I saw so many people walking in every single day. Um, and they wouldn't change, like nothing would change about their body. They weren't working out. They weren't eating healthy. They just thought this shake was going to be the cure-all. And that's what my issue is about herbal life, which it could be other, um, you know, companies too, like Arbonne and stuff, but, uh, Herbalife I have experience with, and I know all the Facebook moms are going to come for me for this, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> this isn't sustainable. And even the people that I saw who lost weight on Herbalife, the second they stop they're they gain it all back because it's not a sustainable way of life. So my take on it is just, you know, eat a balanced diet and exercise. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be two shakes a day with these, like with whipped cream and soy and jello and, you know, whatever else they put in it graham crackers, sprinkles, Oreos. Like that's insane. And, you know, sometimes they put pretzels in the actual like shake too and like grind it up with the powder. It's just, it, it's just a lot of extra stuff that you don't need. If you want a good protein powder, like, you know, we always recommend or gain. That's our, that's our one that we recommend. And it doesn't have all that extra stuff that you don't need in there. And, um, 
overall see someone who is accredited to give you advice too because um you know they have health coaches but the health coaches aren't like our health coach what lori who you know goes through this training you're a health coach with herbalife because you pay a hundred bucks to get that title so that's also too you need to like look into the credentials and lori you can definitely talk about this because you like lori is goes through this huge training to call herself a health coach. And so she has the knowledge to do that. And people who work with Herbalife uh, don't, they just pay like hundred bucks, I think it is, and then get the title and then tell you what to eat and what not to eat and eat two shakes a day. So overall, definitely not ideal. You wanna make sure you're going to someone accredited, like an RD um, or an accredited health coach and working with those two together and not just some Joe Smo you see up the street who um, claims to be a health coach just because they paid to have that title. So now that I'm done with my rant, Lori is going to talk a little about her diet experiences and, um, you know, what it takes to be an accredited health coach. Maybe you can speak a little bit on that. Sure. Thanks, Zoe. And so it's so interesting listening to all of these different types of diets because I've known people who have been on all of them. So the first thing I'll touch on is the diets. So I have so much experience in listening to people, watching them, watching them go on these eating plans. And then maybe they're successful for a little while. But it seems like they always gain it back and they're all excited when they start out and they're, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to drink these shakes. We didn't talk maybe uh, on the Herbalife, but then there's other diets that I know people have been on that's just shakes. And then they're all excited and they do, they lose a little bit, they lose some fluid. And then all of a sudden it's not sustainable. They're not sustainable because they're missing, they're missing their Maybe they're a little bit of ice cream or they're missing their carbohydrates because they don't have any energy because they're not eating the carbohydrates. And so they don't feel good. So they end up going back to their old eating habits, which they didn't feel good with those either. But I have just watched that cycle. And then from a health coaching standpoint, I have worked or I'm continually working with people who are chronic dieters. So they've gone from one of these diets to another, and they're at a point where they're not sustainable. And were they really ready, like that whole change process, were they really ready to make the changes they need to be healthy for the rest of their lives and keep their weight down? So they're not, a lot of these are not real. Um, and again, I, the whole 30 is great. But I, I know people who do the Whole30 that also say, oh, I can't do this anymore because I need to eat something else. So as we all think, it, it, we all agree that it is a great program and eating foods as close to the source as possible and not having all the processed food, that's a long-term healthy lifestyle change. And it's not per se a diet. So I think thinking more like that and not being so restrictive um, the other thing I want to mention on the health coaching side, the health coaching is a, for me, it's an 18-month program. It is, part of it is practicing with clients. It's not something you pay $100 for. It's something that's much more. You get educated with the lifestyle changes, nutrition, 
the series of change, the, um, there's so many different psychological aspects of what we're all dealing with when we try to make change. So that is the biggest thing with health coaching is helping people make those real healthy changes and not just selling them a selling them a diet because it just doesn't work that way. So that's that's it on health coaching. That's my spiel. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. Yeah, I I wanted you to talk on that because I feel like a lot of people can claim that they're health coaches and then don't have the education that you do on it. So it's good to know that, you know, health coaches, you go through this 18 month program that's so long, but you know, you're able to actually help people. So I want people to understand the difference between just calling yourself a health coach and then actually going through it and being able to have that education. So Thank you, Lori. That was great. Um, so that is all, unless anybody else has some last minute tidbits to add in about our overall episode. Um, but Sarah? Yeah, I think just um, I'd like to close out by saying anybody who's had any or tried any of these diets and it had any experiences with these or have any other diets that they have tried that we didn't mention to, you know, write us because we'd love to hear your experience on all of that. And we like to stay up to date with all the new diet trends that are out, which you can check out on our last episode with the TikTok trends, diet trends. You can hear some more about that there. But yeah, I just would, we would love to hear your stories. Yeah. So definitely, you know, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, um, Rhode Island, RI Nutrition Therapy. Our website is rinutritiontherapy.com. Um, what else am I missing? Oh, TikTok. I'm changing it to RI Nutrition Therapy, but it won't change until February 2nd. I don't know, TikTok rules. So it's right now it's nutrition therapy. Um, yeah. And then obviously message, message us if you're a patient through healthy email. Tell us what you think. And that is it. So thank you.